Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 76 Daniil, the Coalinth Theologian. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests the Dungeons & Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Fire Rider's Table and the Levitating Platter. Hello everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Sidekicks and Sidequests, the best unofficial Dungeons & Dragons podcast, in my humbly biased opinion. I've got a wonderful guest for you this week, uh, but of course I have to leave you in suspense in order to do our first ad read from our first sponsor, Plus One EXP. Tony Vicinda is the mastermind behind this mastercraft of beard balms, game design, and community building. He's got beard balms named after all the basic stats from Dungeons & Dragons, so get a can, apply it to your face, and smell the sweet aroma and the sweet victory that comes along with increased strength, dexterity, charisma, and more. Beards & Beyond is the indie RPG that helped to launch this brand, but Tony has collaborated and developed several other projects, including Repugnant, Eye Toaster, Down We Go, Through the Void, Vamp Nugula, and Brandstanding. If you support Plus One EXP, either by buying something on their website or going to tonyplusone.itch.io, it all helps funnel into the Plus One Forward program, which seeks to support additional indie tabletop content creators to continue making awesome stuff. So I would highly encourage you to go follow Tony and Plus One EXP on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, in order to keep up with all the various projects as well as upcoming interviews, one-shots, and actual plays of some of these amazing indie TTRPGs. So please go to plus1exp.com, use that affiliate code Randolph when you're purchasing a Beard Bomb or a Beard RPG in order to get some savings on your purchase at no extra cost to you. Again, that code is Randolph at checkout on the website plus1exp.com. Well, my friend, as I was remarking before we started rolling, it's been a couple months since we last spoke. Yes, it has been. <laughs> so for those of us not in the know, uh, would you like to introduce yourself to our lovely audience? Tell us who you are and what is it that you do? Sure. I'm Firewriter. Also might find me by Amelia. Some folks call me that. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I am the host of the Pixel People podcast. I was going to ask you, you go about it so naturally on your podcast and, and just your format and how engaged you are with the discussion, everything that like that. So it seems like you're a natural at the podcasting, but is it something that you've been doing for a while? Um, I started trying to think back. It was uh, about halfway through last year. Hmm. So like last, no, no, that's not right. Or is it two it years ago that. at this point? Yeah, it must have been. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like what year is it? <laughs> what year is it? Yeah. yeah, so like uh mid to late 2020. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say are you uh, have you found it to be an enjoyable hobby? Yeah, I I I love doing it. It's um one of the things that I kind of say about it is that it's completely 100% for me. I just want to talk to interesting people and talk about mm. characters and yeah. I just, you know, record it cuz maybe somebody else wants to hear it too. <laughs> Yeah. 
and for those of us not in the know, uh, would you like to kind of give us like the elevator pitch? What is it that you do on Pixel People Podcast? <laughs> yeah, uh, the elevator pitch. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm at work. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, each episode, I guess, brings uh, a character that they find interesting or special in some way that uh, they feel connected to um, from any various game. And we chat about that character and the role they play in the story and what it means to us and whether there's lessons to be derived from their story. And it's just, it's like, it's a conversation between friends and who just really enjoy geeking out on characters. (laughs) And you were very gracious uh, to allow me to be on your show. Uh, which listeners, if you haven't gone over and uh, checked it out, that's the episode where we discuss the strange man and all yes. things Red Dead Redemption universe, mm-hmm. which I have mm-hmm. to say I picked it back up. And so I've been in that awesome. Red Dead mindset. So it's it's nice. been nice to revisit it and think back on the episode and those deeper themes of uh, Memento Mori and, yes. uh, and death and all that stuff. Yeah, it was uh, that was a really good episode. <laughs> and not only are you a uh, podcaster and you you run a very uh, engaged uh, Discord community, which is an app <laughs> and a social media that I you know for I, I avoid as much as I can just because I, it just perplexes me. But you're also a streamer, isn't that correct? I am. Yeah, I'm usually on uh, three nights a week. And so, along with the Pixel People podcast, where you're you know having a guest on and you're having these in-depth discussions on specific characters um do you get to kind of do that same sort of thing while you're streaming because i think you play a lot of rpgs and you take time to kind of discuss like you know oh what what choice should i make or what kind of character am i playing or like what's the cool thing to do in this moment yeah yeah i i really like to you know have them feel like they're part of the game too i mean they are they are part of the game um when i'm streaming so but yes, yeah, so, so sometimes we'll be talking about the characters that we're interacting with or, or you know, when someone new uh, joins the community, I always like to ask them, you know, who their favorite characters are and, and why. <laughs> and it usually gets, you know, and, and it gets a really nice conversation going in the uh, chat where, you know, I'm like, everybody, everybody's all your favorite characters. I want to hear them again because they change and it's great. So that's always fun. And then other times we're just goofing off and, I don't know, being gross or whatever. Are there any particular games that you're playing right now on your Twitch stream? Yeah, um, my regular rotation right now is uh, Fallout 4 and Fallout New Vegas, uh, Skyrim, and Dragon Age 2 right now. Ooh, interesting. And so you just kind of alternate between games and stuff like that so you don't get too burned out? Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, since you mentioned uh, a number of very fine uh, RPG games, we, of course, on this show, uh, like to go back to the the days of the grandfather game that kind of kickstarted this whole thing. And we asked the question of, do you currently or have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons before? I do not currently, but I definitely have starting in about high school through, mm, let's see, probably until about, I don't know, until everybody kind of started having kids and Mm -hmm. it was really hard to get together and you know that kind of thing there were attempts made a few times over the years you know to try to to try to do that again and uh you know how it is it'll last for a few months and then everybody kind of yeah it's just it's a lot harder as an adult (laughs) to do it unfortunately right well, with Twitch, I mean, obviously, one of the biggest Twitch shows out there is a D&D campaign, That's if you're true. not familiar with Critical, Critical Role. Critical Role, yep. Um, and lots of other fine, fine folks uh, putting together stellar uh, actual play productions out there on Twitch and podcasts as well. But of course, there's been, you know, this renaissance and this explosion of uh, digital tool sets that exist to kind of help connect people. In light of all this, I was going to say, is it something, you know, that's kind of like piqued your interest once again, and maybe with some of the friends that you've made and your community and stuff like that, is that something maybe that you'd want to branch out and try maybe introducing that into the rotation? (laughs) Yeah, I kind of have to see, um, you know, just what time looks like and stuff like that. It's hard to commit to anything. Um, I mean, it's, it's really fun. I, I would love to play again. I feel like, I feel like there have been a couple attempts to like start a campaign, I have to think about that. I feel like somebody was talking about it a while back. 
So um, I'm offhand curious when you say you were playing it, you know, back in your high school days, do you know what edition of the game it was that you were playing? Oh, boy. Was it like original Dungeons and Dragons or maybe advanced or I think advanced. Advanced sounds right. Um, Because that would have been like the years between 1990 and 1994. Do you remember any of your characters? I do. I do remember. (laughs) (laughs) So this... (laughs) My boyfriend and I at the time were essentially joined at the hip. Mm-hmm. And so we had rolled characters who were identical twins. Oh, and <laughs> that's cool. And um, at one point, I remember his character's name was Lynx and my character's name was Isabella. Okay. And uh, they were both clerics. And at one point during the campaign, I can't remember exactly how it happened, but they wound up sharing a body. Oh. And like one of them died and got absorbed into the twin's body or something like that. So every now and then during the campaign, uh, the DM would have whoever was controlling the body roll to see if they kept control of the body or if- Oh, you had to pass the character sheet over to the other person? (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay, interesting. That introduced a very- weird element (laughs) but but yes i remember that character very well (laughs) cool with the fifth edition of the game out now i feel like it's pretty easy for both uh, veteran players of the early editions and people who are just brand new to the hobby uh overall you know have a good fresh jumping in point so i i really hope that you do get an opportunity with your friends with your community uh, maybe to perhaps uh, get to play a game or two. Maybe if it's even just a yeah. one shot or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's really true. Yeah, I always forget that that's an option because you know it was like we always had these long campaigns that took months. You know, mm. so I <laughs> forget that you can you can just do it once. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> As we alluded to earlier, you know, both of us with our shows with our podcasts, we like to ask those questions about NPCs. Obviously, you take the more richer, deeper dive. Uh, So, you know, my asking it here is just but a mere fraction of the enjoyment that you get on your podcast. But do you happen to have a favorite NPC, either from your past with D&D or one of the games that uh, is in your regular rotation or something like that? And why is this character your favorite sidekick or NPC? You know, though, it's it's funny. So for the longest time, uh, the answer's just simply been, well, Hancock, of course. Yeah, Hancock, but, of course. But, you know, I've been playing so many, such a variety of stuff I haven't played before. Mm-hmm. And there's a few other characters that have just climbed right up there into that into that spot, you know? So now it's like a, it's a big old tie. <laughs> well, who's the tie between if it's, if who's, who's duking it out with Hancock? Morden Solis from uh, Mass Effect. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, genophage, genocide. Just his personal quest line is what helps to kind of like elevate him as a character in, in your mind. Yeah, and then, you know, the the conclusion of his story arc, shall we say, in Mass Effect 3, mm. where, I mean, I, I had to physically get up from the game and walk away and just deal with myself. <laughs> you know, Emotionally it was, process it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think any other game has ever affected me in quite that same way it was it was pretty intense and then likewise uh we like to ask on this podcast what's been one of your favorite side quests either from your history in tabletop or gaming film television etc because those are also points of inspiration same thing with sidekicks as well um but yeah for for the side quest portion what's been one of your favorite side quests and why hmm see i'm trying really hard to like remember uh some of the some of the D ones that we've had and i just i can't remember enough details you know mm-hmm. it's been gosh it's been a while so i'm gonna give you another game example since those are usually what's top of mind i, <laughs> I don't watch a lot of tv mm-hmm. um, i'm behind on literally everything mm-hmm. um so my favorite side quest is from fallout 4 and mm-hmm. it is the silver shroud side quest ah, very fun what sticks out about it in your mind uh the voice acting of courtney taylor when she's hamming it up because there's an option in each one to speak as the shroud mm-hmm. and she goes for it and it's hilarious and it's just 
it's so uh oh what's the word i'm looking for it's you know making fun of itself it's <laughs> like she's being a parody oh it's great it's wonderful i just yeah it, it it tickles me every single time you know and then the can you save kent and mm. you know that big ending and yeah it's a good one i love yeah. it very much <laughs> and i just i love uh, the character of kent too so you know the whole thing works very nicely all right and then we like to end our personal interview section of the show with the question of what are you passionate about and why mm, that's such a big question um i am passionate about um i really like bringing people together um i love getting to know uh the people in my community better and watching them make connections with each other and you know from people who wouldn't have met each other otherwise are now really good friends and and um that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah community building it's such a great feel yeah it's, a, it's such a good feeling though to you know assist people in making those connections well we've learned so much about our wonderful guest amelia that i think it's time now we head into some npc creation Right, and this NPC creation is brought to you by you, the podcast audience, and our patrons over from Patreon. So now's the time where we would give a shout out to our comfortable level patrons. That's two dollars and above with a loud hurrah. So I got my drink here, uh, Miss Katie Downey, aka Goblin Katie. We say cheers. Like I said, that's two dollars a month and more, and we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. But Katie's actually our highest tier patron, the wealthy level, which is just four dollars a month. And so that means she has added an element of chance to our random tables. Uh, so it could be that while we're rolling up a character that we might hear some of those responses. If you would like to join the cheapest podcast Patreon community, go and check out the show notes below, go to the podcast website, or just go directly to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and sidequests to find out more about our three tiers, one, two, four dollars, and help us expand our operations at the levitating platter in this demiplane and worlds beyond. All right. Uh, yes. So this part is NPC creation. So uh, as we were discussing before we started rolling, you were going to randomly generate a character today. Is that correct? I am. Yes. All right. So you have <laughs> the old fashioned way. The old fashioned way. <laughs> well, the benefit of character creation now versus in advanced Dungeons and Dragons yeah. is that we have more different kinds of dice to roll. So not yeah. just D6s. So if you. Oh, I had a full set. Oh, wonderful. I had I had bags and bags. So man, I don't wish I knew what happened to them. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, we like to start off uh, NPC creation with a name for our character. And so if you would like to get a D20 and roll that and let us know what your result is. It's like I gotta tell that that I'm doing a 20. Okay. Oh, I see what you have to do. Okay. <laughs> Eight. <laughs> Eight. Okay, your response was provided by previous guest Anson Jablinski, and the name we have is Daniel. Daniel. Yeah, D A N E E L. Daniel. Daniel. Okay. Like what is going to be the ancestry of our character? This is where we need to roll two d10s for a d100 effect. Two. And stop. A one and a nine. So 19? Yes. Okay, interesting. So the category of ancestry that we have is goblinoid. So that means that you could have like a regular goblin, a hobgoblin, a bugbear, or a koalinth, which in 5th edition D&D, I believe means basically like sea hobgoblin. So Ooh. something in the category of goblinoid, what do you think Daniil is? I like to see hobgoblin. So koalinth? I'm not yeah. actually too familiar with these so because uh, I've never had the opportunity to really use one. Um, so let me just very quickly here behind yeah. the scenes pull up some notes. Let's see. Savage undersea race, mainly inhabiting the inner sea. They were known as sea hobgoblins. Similar to hobgoblins in appearance, but very brightly colored and possessed gills. Coloration was generally lighter and their skin tone was of a green hue. Other aquatic adaptations include webbed hands and feet as well as a more slender form. 
Known for ferocity similar to that of normal hobgoblins, they have a strong <laughs> hatred of elves deep enough to affect their decision to forge alliances, preyed upon mm. any beings they came across, and were highly disagreeable. And unlike the majority of aquatic races, coalents were equally able to breathe fresh water and salt water without difficulty. So that's a fun nice. fact. And of course, you know, we uh, can take that lore as it is face value, or we can kind of play with it as we like. But Daniil, yeah. the coalent or sea hobgoblin. Okay. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The next question we get to ask ourselves is what is the job or role in society for Daniil? That will require us to roll a D10, just a regular D10. This one. Yes, correct. Okay. And three. Three. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Your answer was provided by a previous guest, Elizabeth Horsley. Daniil is a theologian. <laughs> so. Into uh, religious studies. Wow. So wow. It could be okay. any number of uh, any number of deities, I suppose, that Daniil might be interested yeah, in. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking she's probably into one of the not so nice ones. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. And then let's see. The next thing we get to roll for before we take a minor break on dice rolling is we need to figure out how old the character is. So let's roll a d8 for an age range. Okay, so one d8. Okay. Two. Two. Teenager. Okay, so a very young theologian. So there's there's a story here for sure. Exactly. There is a story here. <laughs> well, maybe we can explore some of that story now because this question or this part of character creation is now we need to describe the physical appearance of Daniil, the sea hobgoblin theologian teenager. So when you think of these uh, criteria, what comes to mind? And maybe what is the backstory that you're already thinking of? So she does have like a dark green skin. You know, you mentioned like the gills. I think she's probably got kind of like long stringy hair. She has green eyes, like very dark green. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what I got. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, if I was writing, I'm sure it would be much more... <laughs> It's just hard. <laughs> I, 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 talk, I write better than I talk sometimes. <laughs> I'm looking at some of the artwork that's been generated by uh, Wizards of the Coast. Okay, yeah. And, um, I, you know, I'm honestly looking at this, and the thing that kind of jumps out to me is that Jerry Bruckheimer, Pirates of the Caribbean, Davy Jones sort of vibe. You know, like how kind Davy of. Jones's crew was... Like they ha would have like seashells like barnacles and on their barnacles face. and yeah. you know sea life, yeah. wildlife integrated to them. Is mm. is any of that happening with Daniil? I think she's really young, True. so she hasn't really had a lot of time to develop a lot of that. But okay. I think she's probably got you know some some starts of some barnacles. <laughs> okay, like a coral reef mantle like, or something like that. Probably not that much, but just like little little spots starting to show up on like her back. You know the okay. spots that don't get disturbed as much okay so you know in, in another 10 years she'll she'll probably have you know, like a more developed reef okay but it's it's just starting right now and where are we finding daniel so um are we imagining her like in a sea underwater lake environment or a swamp environment maybe or is she in a town or civilization or something like that where, where think, are we finding i think she lives in like a port town a port town okay yeah so she kind of you know she has like a she has a place that's kind of down below the town a bit you know because she's probably thought of as pretty weird anyway because there's you know but but people are coming to her because she's probably got you know the potions or whatever that they need and and uh, work a little magic, you know, all the guys of religion, of course. And oh, um, <laughs> okay. and uh, so she lives down there at, right at the entrance to the water. So she can kind of go back and forth. Okay. So is it like, um, so you were describing down by the water. So I imagine like this was like a, you said it was like a port town. Is it something like where it's like some major serious like sea cliffs and stuff like that going on. So it's kind of like you have to actually journey down the cliffs and then not that's, that steep, but not kind that of steep. built into a hill, you know? Okay. So like the top of the town kind of be up higher and then it kind of trails down a little bit towards the coast. Is she living by herself or is there like an actual enclave or small community of these coalins, these sea hobgoblins that live there? No, she lives by herself. 
And so you were describing uh, kind of like this deity figure that she serves and you were indicating that perhaps it's um, maybe evil. You know, can, can we explore that a little I more? Uh, I wouldn't say evil. Maybe, maybe oh. selfish. Okay. Self-serving. A self-serving deity. And so she's a theologian of this particular deity because, you know, she's just trying to learn more about it or is like, you know, she's an active worshiper of this selfish. She's an active worshiper. And is that how she presents uh, with the other, you know, people who come by and like, Oh, Hey, I need a potion for this. I need this thingy mabob. And so people know that she worships this particular strange God. Yes. Okay, and it doesn't cause any problems or anything for the town? It's kind of one of those unspoken secrets, you know what I mean? Where, where it's like, everybody kind of knows, but nobody really talks about it. Because if they talked about it, they'd have to do something about it. Oh. But everybody's kind of benefiting from it, so... Oh, I see. So, so she provides a valuable service to yes. the town. Meanwhile, she's like actively studying and researching and, and yes. pondering great philosophical questions about a selfish deity. Yes, because the like what she does for the town is almost like nothing to her. It doesn't, it's like effortless. It doesn't matter. So she can spend more of her time focused because she she's basically like giving the townspeople what she would consider junk. Oh, interesting. So what does she consider junk that the town deems valuable or like, oh my gosh, we can't live without this? Sure, like healing things and stuff like that. Um, where it's like, they think that that part of it is magic, but it's not, it's not actually magic. She just has a good knowledge of like how to heal, you know, of like plants and herbs and sea life and stuff like that. So, but because, you know, she's such a devout worshiper of this, of this being that does actually give her, you know, some, some powers and stuff like that, that she doesn't Mm. really quite realize how she's, what she's doing with it yet. I'm making it so complicated. (laughs) No, I, I, I understand. I'm trying to contextualize it with something similar that I, it would be like in a European sort of a society, like medieval Christian Europe or something like that. And then there's the one weird druid that lives on the edge of town and everyone knows like, oh, you know, we can't actually, you know, she's a pagan. And, you know, yeah. she worships this crazy pagan deity. We, you know, that's, you know, we're, we're yeah, Christians. Yeah, that's kind of the same vibe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, but, that's, you know, yeah. we go to this pagan woman because mm-hmm. she has this knowledge of all the local herbs and stuff like that. And, you know, when you're really sick and mm-hmm. you going to the priest or, or something like that doesn't help, then, oh, you just go to the pagan druid woman and, you know, she can give you a salve or something like that and your yeah. rash and stuff will go away. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. I yes. can track with that. And so, okay, so the town benefits and, you know, and so by, by extension, then, you know, she's offered protection then from the town. So if anything were to happen to her, like the town would come to her aid and stuff like that, even though she likes to be like this loner or something. I think think they would. I think some of them would. Some of them would. I don't think all of them would. Okay. Yeah. So there's probably some of those, like I was like with my analogy, probably the more religious people in the town are like, mm-hmm. oh, she worships this pagan deity figure and that's weird. But other people are like, yeah, but you know, she actually provides something cool and useful. And so yeah. let's not, let's not drive her off. Let's not be hasty now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What three adjectives would you use to describe Daniil? Uh, cunning, highly intelligent, condescending. Ooh, interesting. That's an interesting choice of words. So we have cunning, highly intelligent, I guess, is hyphenated. And then we have <laughs> no, condescending. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to come up with like something right above. <laughs> That's an interesting combination. Me. Yeah. The fact, mm-hmm. well, I mean, it makes sense. She's a teenager. And so she's mm-hmm. going to think anyone else that doesn't follow her ways, like, mm-hmm. oh, you don't know any better. And yeah. I know better than you. Oh, like, yeah. Okay, teenager. All right. Pump your jets. <laughs> like. You just haven't lived long enough to actually get experience. Yes. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't, have you named this deity figure that she serves or are you just leaving that up to whoever uses this character come up with whatever name of the figure that she serves? Uh, I will leave it to them. I don't really have a name in mind. I don't know if she, I don't know oh, if she has, you know. She doesn't know. She's just getting bits and she, pieces and yeah, she's trying to put it together I, I think i think she's she knows like the deity but mm-hmm. not not the name 
Well, now we get to go back to rolling dice. Okay. Uh, so now we get to figure out what's a valuable item, a piece of lore, a secret, or an ideal or concept that Daniil ascribes to. So this is going to require <laughs> us to roll a D4 for the category, and then you'll get to roll okay. a D6 for the actual thing. Okay, so the four mm -hmm. is a three. That's a secret. Ooh, hoo, hoo. okay. And now you get to roll a d6. Let's figure out what is the secret that Daniil is carrying. Four. Four. So your answer was provided by previous guest, Gary Barker. Daniil is actually a ghost possessing their own body, but their oh body God. is still okay. Is this, this an effect? This works. Yeah, I was going to say, is this, this an effect from her works. deity? Is she trying to piece the, together mm. the mystery of like this deity so she can figure out how to get back into her, like truly be back into her body and not just be a ghost possessing her own body? Or uh, maybe she's on like a pilgrimage. There's a group of them that worship this deity. Okay. But as part of the pilgrimage, mm -hmm. she has to temper, like the deity will temporarily kill her and turn her into a ghost. So until she like passes her pilgrimage, she can't get her self back and that's oh. like the sign that she can go back okay so the deity figure that she's studying and worshiping is preventing her from being alive again basically so her until she can until she does whatever it is that she needs to do to complete her pilgrimage Ooh, interesting that's so weird yeah because i know in, in gary's specification it was like but the body's still okay the deity has a specific interest in Daniil being a ghost and being a ghost possessing her own body but preventing her body from decomposing and giving it away the fact that she's technically undead yeah and again we're leaving it up to the mystery of uh, for the DM to figure out as to what that pilgrimage is and what she needs to do yeah. in order to get her body back yeah alright and then the next thing we get to roll for um, unless you're inspired um, but you can roll a D12 and we will randomly generate a side quest. Or like I said, if you're inspired, lay down a side quest if you've already got an idea for one. Let's let's do let's do a random. Okay. So a D12. I'm kind of digging the like rolling with the bunches here. Sure. All right, we got a four. Four. Okay. So your answer was provided by previous guest, uh, Brianna Jean. Go retrieve the book from their friend that never returned it. Okay, so there's a particular book. That one of Daniil's friends, question mark, maybe one of these other pilgrims, if you will, has and hasn't returned it back to Daniil. And for some reason, she needs it back. Maybe Do that's why she's hanging out too down in that city. Like she's been keeping an eye looking for this friend. Okay. And so you said it was a small group of three is what you said? No, I, I don't know how many there are. Okay, so um, it's probably a pretty large group, actually. Oh, pretty large. Maybe like group. maybe like twenty, you know. Okay, so like up to twenty people worship this particular deity figure, and mm -hmm. from that pool, one of them has a particular book that Daniil wants back. Yes. Okay, and does this tie into her secret? Like, if she gets this book back, is she gonna like return to normal, or is this just like a oh hey I need this book back? I feel like it's important. It's not the whole thing, but okay. it's definitely like step one of the thing. You know, like when when you're in a game and you you're you get to you know the end of the quest and they're like, oh well, actually that starts off this, mm. <laughs> and now you're on to the next leg of it. Okay, like so that. retrieving the book will actually trigger the subsequent side quest of like, okay, help me put the pieces together so I can get back to my body. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So whatever that particular book is, this other friend of hers, is it, are they in the town or is it going to require like a journey to go find this person? They're in the town, but the town is pretty bustling and um, it can be really difficult to navigate the streets, you know, especially because she stands out. Oh, and this other friend isn't a sea hobgoblin. Yeah, because I was going to say, is this a deity figure that's only interested in sea hobgoblins, or is it like a smorgasbord of different ancestries and peoples and stuff? I'm going to say different ancestries. Okay. Any particular hankering that this particular friend is, or just insert here? Mm. Insert here. Okay. 
So we're looking for a particular friend that's somewhere in the town, but it's so uh, bustling and, and busy. And the fact that, you know, she's a loner and she's deep in her studies, she doesn't want to go do it herself, but she still needs the book in order to really, you know, get along with her pilgrimage journey. Yeah, yeah. Daniil asks the player characters, yes. go find my friend and go retrieve this book and bring it back to me. So it seems yes. like it's real cut and dry and whether it's peaceful or involves a confrontation or however yeah. it plays out. But yeah, we get the book, we bring it yes. back to Daniil and we're successful in terms of it didn't involve us having to kill anyone. Yeah. And I we think, were just able yeah, to bring her reaction the book back. is very much going to depend on what they did. Okay. Um, she she does not want the person dead. She doesn't want her friend dead. Okay. Um, and if they admit to or whatever that they had to kill the friend, mm. uh, Daniil is not going to be happy and there will be no reward <laughs> and no further side quest. Get out of my sight. Okay. So Daniil's um. just going <laughs> to shut down and not interact with the players any further if they admit to like, oh yeah, we got that book. We killed him and here's your book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, and at the beginning, Daniil should make it pretty clear, like, don't, don't kill this person. Okay. It's just yeah. like, oh, it's, you know. Like signposted a little. <laughs> okay. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Just make it clear that, hey, I just really need this book back and I'm too mm -hmm. busy to like go do yeah. this. So if you go do this, then like, yeah. sure, I can give you something. So yeah. are we thinking it's just money or does she have a cool thing or like a health potion or a salve yeah, or, tonic she'll or have, something yeah yeah i would say um money and kind of the same stuff that she gives the town so okay you know good healy stuff good healy <laughs> stuff and then as well we discussed that possibly does she invite the players in as far as like hey actually i'm a ghost and possessing my own body and yeah. now i can feel like my pilgrimage is coming to an end so if you just help me with these other things and i'll be back to me i guess yeah by keeping the um friend alive uh they've earned her trust okay all right so then if we consider the opposite maybe the more uh renegade approach to this side quest <laughs> of you know they do something really violent or out of character in being able to retrieve the book or if they just refuse the side quest altogether how is daniel going to react to that shutting them down is one thing mm -hmm. is she going to attack the party no, I think violence? she's just going to, no, she'll be very kind of rude and condescending. Mm -hmm. um, she won't, she won't attack them. That's not really her style. Yeah. She's a theologian. Uh, she's more book learned mm -hmm. than physically fighty type. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, unless, unless, you know, the DM is feeling particularly evil and would like to have um, a certain deity quite off at this group and uh, affecting mm what's happening uh moving forward in a campaign for a while okay yeah <laughs> especially if it's a really chaotic kind of being yeah. that'll just sporadically yeah. mess with them yeah. or um <laughs> well the fact that she's a ghost i think you know bog standard ghosts in D D fifth edition terms it's like a challenge rating four she could <laughs> cease possessing her body and then immediately go possess another body and then start having mm -hmm. like you know, fighting the party members among themselves. So she could, she could unleash her own chaotic uh, part of that element and then just start fighting the, the characters that way, not actually putting her ghostly spiritual self in danger. She's like, oh, I'm just going to mess with all of you now. Any DM who wants to use this character needs to take a good hard look at their players and determine just how violent do they tend to be? Sure. <laughs> because I need to know which route this is going to go. Okay. <laughs> do they swing at everything they see or do they take a more diplomatic, diplomatic approach? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, are they murder hobos? Or are they actually like, you know, good people? <laughs> so what are the goals and motivations of Daniil? Yeah, so she wants to complete this pilgrimage because she wants to go back to her group as a fully fledged, you know, worshiper of deity. Mm -hmm. And um she needs that she needs that book to to get that you know party started and she's been waiting a while and it's really frustrating so she's kind of hurried you know so um combine the hurried with the condescending and i think that you've got kind of a tone way of speaking for her you know what mm -hmm. i mean she feels very above the player characters like intellectually she 
probably is hmm. um <laughs> unless you've got some really solid like you know wizards and mages in their group uh she's mm-hmm. she's probably smarter than uh they are and she knows it but she also you know she needs these guys so uh she has to kind of play nice a little bit and it's it's grating on her she's she's not appreciating it um <laughs> So I don't, I don't, I don't think she necessarily has an accent, but I think that she just has a very hurried and um, kind of almost uh, a little irritated that she's trying to hide it. So she already. sounds like a typical teenager, like, oh, oh my yeah. gosh, guys. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've learned <laughs> so much about Daniil already that I think yeah. it's time that we head into a random encounter. So this random encounter is brought to you by Reaper Miniatures. They've been Texas Titans of the tabletop industry since 1994. They're here in DFW, and they've got an amazing warehouse and game store. They make everything from paints to gaming accessories, and they stream on Twitch and YouTube with tutorials and interviews. Whatever system you're running, whatever game you're playing, Reaper has a miniature for you. You know, every time you shop with them and spend at least $40, $50 on your purchase, they're going to give you a cool new mini of the month. And this mini of the month is always something new. So all the more reason to check back and shop often. I know that I recently received uh, another gift card after the Christmas holiday. So thank you, Reaper. I was able to use a portion of that. And I bought the new uh, special mini that just came out for the relief efforts for Ukraine. It's a little uh, Kenku bird bard. So it's like a a little bird and it's got like a loot. um, And it's supposed to be based off the national bird of Ukraine. And so if you get this mini, I know it's priced $9.99 right now in the store. And of that, $7.50, I believe, is supposed to go towards UNICEF for Ukraine efforts. So you can go ahead and pick that one up in the store. Also right now, you know, they're gearing up for ReaperCon uh, in Denton, Texas in September. So, you know, keep your eyes peeled on them for updates on that. If you go on over to their Kickstarter, uh, Reaper Miniatures Bones 6, Tales from the Green Griffin is live. And so you can either pledge at 10 or $125 and you customize that with their pledge manager and you can get a whole heap of miniatures, more miniatures than you think possible. It's amazing. And uh, like I said, this is number six. So they've been doing this for a while. Um, You could definitely add to your miniature collection very quickly. So visit my website or go in the show notes below. Use my referral link whenever you're wanting to go shop with Reaper Miniatures. And by doing so, you're supporting Sidekicks and SideQuests. Because by clicking that link, you're helping to track the traffic that our show directs towards Reaper Miniatures. So the more traffic, that means more Texas powers for us to combine. So again, go check out that link on my website in the show notes. Use that link and be sure to follow Reaper Minis on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. And so with the random encounter section of the show, we like to do a little role play, a little vignette with the character. And so since you led the charge with Daniil, I think it's only fitting uh, that you get to channel your inner uh, condescending teenager and get to bring Daniil to life. Um, And so the question I have is, so who should I be in the scene? Am I going to be like a random townsperson? Am I going to be one of my podcast adventurer characters? Am I going to be this deity figure? I don't know. What kind of scene are you interested in showcasing Daniil in? Uh, let's do the um, one of the podcast characters. Okay. So we've got four different ones to choose from. We have Duncan. He is the recklessly brave adventurer for hire. He's happy-go-lucky. We have Sonia. She's the warrior woman, a barbarian who multiclassed into Paladin recently. We have Korak. He's the lawful, evil, arcane, trickster, dwarf, rogue type. And then we have a brand new character, uh, Chrisley, who is the shy herbalist wood elf druid from the Wode. And uh, so those are our four flavors of characters. Unless you feel like none of those fit, then uh, we can create a brand new one, I guess. Because number four would be funny because it said that they don't like elves at all, but like all the other features of that elf would be right up her alley. (laughs) I feel like they would kind of get along. Interesting. Um, except for the whole elf thing. So okay. that might be an interesting one. Just to see how put a little out. animosity in there too. Where we last left our hero, Chrisley, um, after meeting up 
with Pothos Anthropoi, uh, the Zotani Nimi, in her woad after successfully navigating Aranth through the Feywild. Um, they were able to successfully drop Aranth back off at university. And so it was a long time of journeying with the Zotani Nimi and getting to learn more about their religion and their culture um, and just how it is. And so through that series of events, I guess I have to say that uh, Chris Lee, the shy herbalist wood elf druid, for the first time now is one of these new Zotani Nimi. She is multi-classed in a cleric, and she has her sketchbook, but now she has her very own grimoire with vellum pages, and so now she can access like the lifetime of memories that this Zotani Nimi culture has developed. So she bids Pathos farewell uh, as he says, okay, well, let me take this new knowledge that we got. Let me think on it. Come back to me. Um, but you go on and continue your journey because you know you have a responsibility to your people. Uh, in the woad so go and do that and then you can regroup with me and we'll we'll figure out how to rebuild the zotani people and so it's not that long after uh, that chrisley finds herself in a seaside town and as she's you know on the outskirts of the town she's on the beach she looks and she sees this curious dwelling kind of at the bottom the rest of the town is up on the hill and there's the docks and all that stuff but she's drawn to this little maybe it's maybe it's a hovel maybe it's a shop um maybe you can describe that but chrisley's drawn to it so she starts heading that way it is kind of a hovel but uh she would be hard at work uh inside um is it like a driftwood sort of like a a put together structure or is it like properly all fastened and, and manufactured uh it's not manufactured and like perfect i mean it's clean it's tidy Mm-hmm. You know, but it's amateurly put together. So Chrisley will approach and uh, I guess she'll see that there's a door. Maybe she sees some sea shells kind of hanging up as like a wind chime that are clinking. And she sees like all the aquatic sort of uh, decorations. And so, you know, she takes out her sketchbook and she starts sketching and seeing some of these things. Maybe um, there's a whisper in um, Daniil's ear that there's someone outside. Like her deity just kind of lets her know like, Hey, there's some weirdo outside. <laughs> yeah, she's been uh, pretty deep in her work. Um, she's she's probably whipping up some badges for the uh, for the townspeople, but uh, pretty involved in what she's doing. Maybe uh, studying a little bit with her deity. Um, and uh, yeah, so she'd go to the door, kind of toss it open, and uh, Chrisley will be startled because yeah. <laughs> like the door just all of a sudden flings open because yeah. she was like working on a detailed sketch and stuff like that and as a note because of now she's a zotani nimi her art skills have like increased like tenfold so i kind of <laughs> described her art style as being like arthur morgan-esque like in red dead redemption 2 but now that she has access to like just lifetimes of memories of other artists wow. her, it's like a parabolic up dang it's yeah. like she went from arthur morgan to like leonardo da vinci and michelangelo put together Oh my so, god! <laughs> so like just super detailed. That's why she's so engrossed in the seashells. She's like and drawing else. a photograph. <laughs> yeah, she's drawing a photograph basically, and so yeah. you slamming the door open startles her, and she's like, "Oh, oh, uh, hello, uh, lovely seashells. Ugh, where are you? What do you want?" Oh, um, you look at her in the eyes, and you can see like the color shifting a little bit. Her eyes flutter for a moment. As if she's like instantaneously like drawing back on memory to see if she has any idea of Koalinth or sea hobgoblins. And so she takes a moment and she like steadies herself. Uh, oh, um, sorry, for, forgive me. That's that's something new. Um, you, Koalinth, sea hobgoblin, right? Genius you are. Well, forgive me. This is, it. it's my first time seeing a hobgoblin, but it's also not my first time seeing a sea hobgoblin, if that makes that makes sense no none none oh. whatsoever have you ever heard of the zotani nimi or the zotani that sounds like gibberish she was gonna like pull out her other grimoire and start showing <laughs> it off but she just like is like oh okay she's not really interested wait what's that book you have oh well, well this is what i got when i became a zotani nimi it allows me to see all the memories of of ages past and so it's my job to I guess now not only fulfill my quest for the woad, but to like help add into living memory. And and 
all of that is within that book? Yes. Yes. It's, it's extremely light, but I, I tell you, you know, a God's worth of knowledge is contained within it. I need to see it. I need to check it. She kind of apprehensively like opens it up like just a little bit. And again, it's not a very thick grimoire, but she opens it up and then you can see like there's moving pictures, almost like a like a film, like a living thing on a page. And maybe Daniil starts flipping pages and she keeps going. And so she sees like all these preview or something like that of a memory and she just keeps going. And, you know, maybe she sits there for a good solid few minutes and she keeps flipping it and she like checks the pages. And it's like it looks like I'm in the same place, but she's been sitting there for a few minutes just flipping pages. And so Chrisley's just kind of awkwardly sitting there being like, well, <laughs> do, are you are you satisfied? So, yeah, this is this is living memory. This is how I guess I'm getting my powers from from the other voice from the high from the high voice oh i'm still i'm still learning terminology but um well that's why i have pathos to help me out but i guess she, she will roll the insight check and she'll figure out that um you know despite the the tough exterior she can get the the vibe that like maybe something's bothering her and so she'll be like well i mean i i'm here to help and i you know i'm still documenting nature and adding to living memory and all that but i feel are you okay? Do you need help with something? <laughs> she kind of tosses the book back. Um, <gasps> it's clearly valuable, clearly, you know, useful, clearly some kind of religious text, but it's not her religious text. So she kind of doesn't care. <laughs> be so careful. Be there, careful. There's disdain. This is, yeah, this is, this is precious. Waste of time. Oh, I'm sorry <laughs> you think that way. Well, I mean... Surely there's something I can help with. I mean, you, you, and you can look at her appearance. I mean, she looks like a druid, but she's actually pretty well outfitted, like as a formidable adventurer. She's got like hodgepodge, like hide, wood, metal armor bits, along with like some pretty substantial like weapons and magic items and stuff like that. The fact that she has this grimoire thing now, um, she's like, you know, I can, I feel like, I feel like you need help. You're, you're going to be tough about it. And, Living memory tells me that perhaps our peoples have not had the best relations, but I'm here to put that aside and to let you know that I serve the living memory and I serve the goddess of nature simultaneously. I guess the gods off to figure how that one works, but I'm here to be a servant to you. So what can I help you, you with? Oh, you think you know everything, don't you? Well, you'd think that then you'd already know that there's a book. I need it. And I can't get to it. Oh, well, what, what book is it? What, where is it? I can give you directions. Oh, okay. To the house. I, I know where it is, but I can't go out and be among those people. They, oh. they come to me, but I, I'm not one of them. I, I can't go up and be among them. It's, it, it wouldn't do for them to see me out of the house. Oh, okay. I understand. But these, these people care for you. They like you. Or don't like you? They need me. They need you, but they hold you at arm's length. Yes. Mm, okay. So Chrisley's now actually kind of like pulling from this deeper well of wisdom than, you know, that she'd never previously had before. So I feel like Chrisley's going to become even more wise as a character. So she's just going to be like, <laughs> well, you seem like you're young and this is important to you and you need this book. I don't know. I don't know what God you serve. I sense... I sense something chaotic, but that's not for me to judge. That's for the gods to judge. So, you are co absolutely correct. Mm. It is not for you to judge. She'll smirk and she'll be like, all right, well, I'm happy to help you. So just point me in the direction of your friend and um, I'll go get you your book back. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I feel like like two catty, like two catty yes. individuals waiting, yes. waiting bit. to happen. To, <laughs> a little bit. To, Bust out little, into a fight. Little too proud, but you know, it's also an elf. So if the elf just disappears, whatever, it's just an elf. Mm. That's terrible. Ooh, Daniil, what was that? <laughs> She's got some stuff to work on. So then Chrisley will get the directions, and then, you know, a short montage later of going up and politely asking for the book back. And strangely enough, it was really easy for her to get the book back, and she'll come back and surprise uh, Daniil. And then I guess we'll begin the uh, subsequent other side quest of learning the truth and uh, helping Daniil truly on her pilgrimage and on her way. <laughs> <laughs>
can't see. <laughs> Ta-da! Ta-da! <laughs> yeah. So what did you uh, think of uh, our little random encounter there? How do you think it was getting to kind of step into the shoes of Daniil? Daniil's got some stuff. She's, she's, uh, there's some stuff in her past. I think, uh, she's, she's got some bad attitudes. I don't like them. Mm. <laughs> well, not every character that we make on this show is, uh, necessarily going to be lovable. Um, yeah, but yeah. I mean, they're still a person nonetheless. And so, uh, we have, <laughs> we have those facets of the human story to explore just as well. That's true. That's true. And so if we can help, uh, a party, Maybe to get invested in Daniil and, oh, you're just a little stubborn emo goth kid. Don't worry. We'll take you under our wing and we'll she make really you is. feel loved. She really is. Yeah. Well, the she's fact that goth, she's literally a ghost Colin. trapped in her own body. Yeah. So emo. Well, as we're uh, starting to get here into the final thoughts section of the show, of course, we like to ask our guests their thoughts. And uh, feelings of the show, you know, not just the random encounter section, but overall, you feel like it was a, a good time on the show? Yeah, this is really fun. <laughs> just let my imagination go for a walk here. <laughs> All right. Well, excellent. I'm glad you had a great time. And uh, I like to leave the final moments of the show. I like to give the microphone, the voice, the platform over to my guests. So if you've got anything that you'd like to plug and share, causes, concerns, etc., where can we find you on social media so that way we can stay tuned? Where can we listen to your podcast and all that and watch you on your Twitch stream and all that good stuff? You bet. Um, you can find me on Twitter um, as myself, essentially, at FireWriter uh, with a Y, F-Y-R-E, and writer like one who writes. And also under the show's account as well, which is at Pixel People Pod. You can listen to Pixel People on um, pretty much pretty much everywhere. Um, it's on all the big ones, you know, Spotify and Google and Apple and all of that, <laughs> which is which is nice. And so, just go to your favorite one and just search it by name. Um, the subtitle is NPCs and Us. And I'm on Twitch also as Firewriter. Same spelling. Come on in, say hi. Um, tell me who your favorite character is. <laughs> And then uh, if I'm not mistaken, you also have a Discord and a Patreon as well? I do. Um, I have uh, one of each. Um, <laughs> uh, the uh, Discord is uh, Campfire. I can uh, give you a, a link for it. Yeah, we'll somewhere. stick it in the show notes so everyone can find <laughs> that a little I easier. Know I know Discord is, so. is a little <laughs> it's a little unique with their names and the URLs yeah. and all that. Yeah, so. it can get really tricky. So that's probably the easiest thing there. Um, and um, the Patreon? Yes. It must just be Firewriter. <laughs> Check the show notes below for the accurate information. All right. Well, awesome. Um, uh, Miss Amelia, Miss Firewriter, thank you so much for your time. We can't wait to have you back on the show creating another character or maybe perhaps uh, going back through your old character sheets and maybe you want to turn one of your old characters into an NPC or something. <laughs> bring Isabella and Lynx back yeah oh my gosh <laughs> rise again thank you for listening to this episode of sidekicks and side quests be sure to subscribe to the podcast through apple podcast google play spotify and overcast or feel free to save the rss feed to use the app of your choice visit our website sidekicksandsidequests.com for links write-ups of the npcs and to learn more about the show and the guests who have been on it to stay up to date and interact via social media, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit by searching for Side KQ Podcast. I would love to talk D&D and showcase your fan art, stories of how you used our NPCs, discussions, and commentary. If you would like to hail the bod, simply send an email to sidekicksandsidequests at gmail.com. To help this show be the resource it's meant to be, I ask that you please leave a review on iTunes to help spread the word and share our podcast with your friends and family. Whether you're a veteran player or an aspiring dungeon master, or you've never played Dungeons and Dragons before, there's something here for everyone, and I want to hear about it. And finally, after two years, I've decided to open a Patreon for Sidekicks and Sidequests. If you love this podcast and you want to help us grow and expand our operations, I would appreciate it if you would go on over to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and sidequests. No matter your lifestyle expenses, we have wonderful rewards at every level of Patreon membership tier. Your name on the wall of the levitating platter. 
a loud hurrah on the podcast, or the possibility to introduce an element of chance to NPC creation. Psychics and Psychoists is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property Wizards of the Coast, copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four!